everybody and welcome to the show. My name is Benji and this is the Benobi Podcast Show, where I interview successful people who are making a difference in the world and find out some of their secrets to their success so we can learn and apply them so we can grow and be successful as well. Today we have a special guest with us. We have Sean Cannell from Video Influencers and Think Media TV. Sean, welcome to the show. Benji, super pumped to be here, excited about being on the podcast and ready to crush it today. All right. So, Sean, do you mind, to for anybody who doesn't know you around here, uh, would you like to briefly introduce yourself, uh, give us a few th- a few things about yourself, and so, so then people can know who you are and stuff? Absolutely, yeah. Um, right now, I'm a uh, full-time um, really lifestyle entrepreneur and you guess you could say content creator. Some might say YouTuber. I um, really run a online video media education company out of Las Vegas. And so we have a small team out here besides the YouTube content and having a personal brand. We've got digital products. Uh, we do a lot of affiliate marketing and um, our business is uh, growing pretty big. And our passion is to help uh, people build their influence, income and impact with online video. And so we do that through my main personal channel, Think Media and that brand. And then we also have a project called Video Influencers, which I run with a biz partner, uh, Benji Travis, um, helping people do similar things. And so that's what we're up to lately. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. So let's get into a couple of questions here. So a few have been asked uh, by some of my viewers uh, and, um, and a few of them I came up with and stuff. So the first one here is what inspired you to make YouTube videos and what made you want to start? Yeah, you know, the reason I actually made videos in the first place was before YouTube even started. I actually got into video by just volunteering at my local church. And so back in around 2002, I was an intern in a youth ministry an hour north of Seattle, Washington, in a small town called Marysville. And the youth pastor handed me a camera. And I started to do weekly videos, Benji. So what was cool was that I was, um, you know, learning the discipline of creating consistent content before social media even really began to pick up. And so I made 52 videos once he started having me doing these weekly video announcements that first year. And then eventually the senior pastor was like, hey, these are not terrible. And by the way, those first videos, they were terrible, right? Your first videos, I always say, are your worst videos. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah same with But me. you kind of learn as you go, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the second uh, year, though, he was like, hey, can you do these on Sundays as well? So now I was doing 104 videos a year, volunteering, learning video editing, learning how to shoot, learning how to edit. And the first YouTube channel I ever managed was my church's channel. So we started that in 2007, so super early. I started helping people, um, you know, consult with video. And I guess that's when I discovered my passion and my love for video was right at the early stage. And I didn't know YouTube was going to exist. I didn't know that vertical video was going to exist on Instagram, right? We could have never predicted these things. But I've just kind of grown with it and as this explosion of what is really the online video revolution has been happening, I uh, have just kind of been a part of every stage in different ways. Awesome. That's a a great story. Um, So how did you come up with the name of like Think Media TV and Video Influencers and, and your channels? Because a lot of people have a hard time coming up with a name for their channel. So would you like to like explain a bit? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny because, um, uh, think media. And we actually just recently dropped the TV. I still accidentally say it. So you're totally right. It is think media TV, but, uh, since TV, it's kind of like 
that's not even really a thing. I guess yeah, YouTube yeah, TV, yeah. that's kind of cool, but it's not television. It's really online video. But anyways, um, we actually started a project in 2010 um, that was kind of in the faith space called Think International. And so we started that. It was all, and we were interviewing like p- leaders in the nonprofit arena, as well as kind of sharing more leadership type content. But then I realized because I had a media business, that was why I was doing client work and freelance work. I bought all these cameras. Uh, I took out a loan to get my first DSLR and my first video editing PC and all these things. And I was like, well, I should make a channel that's just about the tech side. Like I've got this gear. I've been doing video for a while now. I could probably start helping people. And the only reason I named it Think Media TV is because that first project was called Think International. I, I mean, it, I thought it sounded cool. But now it's kind of – I like to say names are what you make them. I feel like lately we've kind of gone through a rebrand. We sort of are like got a little merch going, kind of a new yeah. vibe, dropping the TV. So for, for that name, we're just kind of making it up as we go. You know, I also have another channel. There, it's also the reason why I named my other channel, which we don't upload really on, Sean Thinks. Originally, my Sean Cannell yeah. channel was just called Sean Thinks because it was all based on Think International, Think Media, Sean Thinks, whatever. And we just made that up. I don't know. We thought it sounded cool. Um, and uh, But I like to tell people, you know, you usually either pick a brand name or just your first and last name, which is yeah. really easy. So now yeah. that channel is called Sean Cannell. I think about Lewis Howes, Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, Shalene Johnson. All these YouTube channels, they're just their first and last name if you're your personal brand. But then to answer your question, as far as video influencers goes, that one was that was calculated. And that was, you know, we didn't start video influencers till kind of we started talking about it, I think, late 2014. And I had already been doing YouTube. I'd been doing video for 10 years, right? I'd already learned a lot of things. Yeah. I had launched these other channels. Uh, I mean, my business was called Clear Vision Media. So I'd name different things, experimented with names, kind of learned the power of names. And one of the things we considered was, well, hey, is it taken? Can we get the URL? Can yeah. we get the social media channels? Um, it, we wanted to do an interview show and of video influencers. Influencer marketing was growing. You know, In my personal opinion, I think that name is incredibly strong. But yeah. we also didn't know if it'd be available. Was there a YouTube channel called that yet? And once we identified and we just sort of went through that checkbox, we're like, man, this is this will hit. And we've had people tell us that. They're like, dude, that's a good name. But I yeah. think even the intuition to pick that out came from like 10 years of experimenting and testing things. And so, um, yeah, it's kind of the history. That's cool. Um, OK, so we're seeing a lot of companies now uh, like Pixar and Kodak. They're starting their own cryptocurrency. Do you think YouTube will start making their own cryptocurrency and start paying their creators in like YouTube corner, whatever it'll be called? I mean, I have no idea. My my answer is like probably, you know, I bet that, uh, that people think that Amazon's going to start one, that a lot of retailers will start their own. Um, I think that, you know, for sure, blockchain technology has revolutionized the world and we're going to see that. And we're, I, I believe that even in Gibraltar, I heard that the stock exchange is there and I believe this is a fact, um, is moving to blockchain technology just to, on how they handle their stock exchange. So so um, disruption like that and, and new things like that for maybe how they pay their creators, I would not be surprised if that happened. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I've heard that you uh, personally invested in a, in some cryptocurrency because I've been watching your videos lately and stuff. Uh, what is your criteria criteria for investing into different cryptocurrencies and stuff? 
Well, I definitely would not I'm, I would not call myself an expert here, but I have been picking up a lot of information. Um, you know, so far we just I just jumped into Bitcoin because it dropped and I was like, hey, and I was kind of watching and and yeah. I heard some predictions about the drop and I was like, hey, let's go. So um, just jumped in for a couple grand and and um, and still watching. I'm also friends of mine. We were just on a trip and um they uh they were they were investing in a lot of the alternative coins and things like that the 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 criteria i've learned is number 1 that it is limited uh obviously yeah. that there's a cap on it that if it's you know if there's not a solid lockdown limit on the availability of of how many coins there are um then i wouldn't want to go there and then the second criteria framework is is what you know what does it bring innovative to the table right so you know ethereum is doing strong at the time of recording yeah. here and and um, because they've got that contract kind of thing on the back end and whatever. And again, I'm not an expert. I'm just sort of yeah. echoing information and things that I've been studying. So I think those two things um, are huge. And then um, and then also just kind of trusted advisors, which I think are hard to find these days because all of a sudden kind of like this is like a boom, man. It's But it's the same boom as even the social media uh, revolution a little bit where yeah. – Social media started to happen and all of a sudden all these accounts on Twitter and and um, Instagram popped up as social media experts. And on the one hand, it's like, dude, how can you even be an expert yet? Like you haven't even had the time now not to dishonor. I'm sure there are experts. But all I'm saying is it's a it's a crazy world. And yeah. you for sure can't trust everybody. You can't mm -hmm. trust every coin. A lot of coins are scams. A lot of yeah. coins aren't. So um, I'm just kind of taking it slow and and um, gathering a lot of information and so that's sort of where I'm at with um, everything. But um, I'm definitely – it's been kind of a time thing for me. Uh, one piece of advice that I got from uh, actually a person I would say is a, an expert and has the credibility to back it up was to open up as many exchanges as you can um, because yeah. sometimes the opportunity to jump in and get on a coin um, is blocked by sites getting bogged down or the delays and things like that and that your uh, ability to act quickly could be um, having more exchanges like i'm only on coinbase right now but uh my friend that was telling me this is on about nine different you know or ten different exchanges so i'm kind of chipping away uh, on my crypto game but um, i'm a total amateur okay uh so what are your top five like social media platforms to be on if you're a youtuber or a uh, social media influencer well, uh, my number one answer to that is YouTube. Now, it's kind of it's not your question, but I would say this, that, you know, focus is power, especially in 2018, 2019 and into the future. You got to be focused. And there's a phrase that's really well known. If you're a jack of all trades, you're a master of none. I think why some people are losing online is they've spread themselves too thin. Um, it's also like you should diversify your income. But someone just asked me this. It was a good tweet. They said, you say diversify your income, um, like when it comes to online, do multiple different streams of income. But I feel like it, like none of them will be that good and I will be spread too thin. And I said, absolutely, you will be. I'm not saying day one when you start, you should have merch ready to go, have affiliate marketing ready to go, have uh, uh, your own digital products. Th it takes forever to build that. And in our business – and this is kind of going a different direction, but it ties in, is that at this point, we literally have like affiliate marketing is this huge revenue stream, but we built that yeah. first and it took years to build that. And then we moved on and added digital products. And then as reputation built, you add speaking, consulting and coaching. And then now we're doing merch, but it's been literally months and months and years of adding those. 
And so same thing with social is I think the first thing I would say if you're a YouTuber is are you really mastering YouTube? Like before you even worried about social media platforms, yeah. are you going super deep? I would think you want to uh, make the main thing as strong as possible and get and break through with it. Same advice for like should you start multiple channels? Maybe – but you're splitting your focus. Get one channel generating, growing, growing a little bit on autopilot, showing up in suggested videos, earning revenue. And then once it's kind of going and it's got some momentum to it that can carry itself, then add on something else. So if you are set up on YouTube, the second platform I definitely focus on would probably be Instagram. Um, yeah. Instagram's hot. Instagram is not only is really all demos. I don't think there's a demo demographic that's not relevant for Instagram. Um, it's a, it's the place where people are communicating direct message, a great place to network. Um, I need to do this. My personal checklist is to get my featured stories, um, updated there to kind of be a bio who I am and highlights of different things that sort of make up uh, my story yeah. for when I meet new people there. So definitely Instagram number two, I think Facebook, um, you know, recent algorithm changes again are crushing organic reach, but at some point people, um, Facebook is definitely majorly a pay-to-play platform, but powerful yeah. if you have revenue. Mm -hmm. That's why if you can get some revenue because you built your YouTube channel first, have a little side income. What I would do is I would just reinvest, especially when I was doing a side hustle, paying the bills with like client work and doing YouTube on the side. I'm like, dude, if I made 100 bucks on YouTube, I might have spent that on paid ads. I might have yeah. spent that to reach more people and because I was paying the bills in other ways. And so Facebook is still a juggernaut. You know, recent numbers is almost 2.1 billion monthly active users. By the way, Instagram is at 800 million monthly active users, 500 yeah. daily uh, yeah, million yeah. daily active users. So those are two huge ones. Snapchat is still uh, relevant, but only for certain demos, I would say the most. Yeah. Uh, and so I still am snapping a bit. I love Twitter and I've actually put Twitter in front of Snapchat. Also, that Twitter is not necessarily a way to build your brand, but every serious influencer entrepreneur needs to be networking, needs to be building their network um, and connecting with other influencers. And Twitter, in my opinion, is still the best place to do that. Yeah. Um, surprisingly yeah, good and surprisingly not very crowded. Like you might think it's weird uh -huh. to reach out to whoever on Twitter, but like they're not really getting probably that many tweets. So you got a shot if they're active on Twitter. Um, so then I'd probably put Snap in there. I'd put LinkedIn in there depending on entrepreneur and if you're a business professional. Those would probably be my biggest ones. And I think Pinterest is still hot too, If especially crafts, maybe more of a female art, uh, audience. But here's a fact. Um, you know, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, Twitter, none of those are search engines. Yeah. One of the reasons I love YouTube the most is because YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world. But another thing that most people don't realize is Pinterest is a search engine. So if you can learn to master that, you can rank pins. Um, I know people who've actually used Pinterest to growth hack their YouTube channel because uh, a workout channel would rank whole fitness guides, like long form, like five uh, a workout plan, and then would link to the YouTube. So someone might type in a workout plan, see her pin, and then look at that workout, but then go watch the companion video and vice versa from YouTube. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you want to have the printable workout, and um, she kind of just grew, growth hacked both. And so I think yeah. Pinterest is relevant. We don't really do much there, but uh, that's a solid one also. Yeah, okay. Um, so now that we're seeing like smartphone cameras getting better and better, do you think they will eventually like replace cameras and DSLRs in general for like creators and maybe even movie making? 
I think they already are, and and probably not to the end of your question. Maybe not movie makers, and maybe not yeah. even uh, filmmakers, and maybe not even YouTubers, because I think that for a lot of us, there's going to be a quality and features that we want that probably won't be in smartphones for a while. Yeah. But yeah. when you really look at the numbers, the consumer camera industry is getting decimated like point and shoot cameras are getting and and in the youtube world i don't think i feel like they aren't but we live in a bubble like you probably do as well we go to vidcon here in anaheim thirty thousand uh creators running around with dslrs mirrorless cameras g7x's sony rx 100 uh 105s whatever and you're like, dude, the cameras are alive and well, but the average person is like, why do I need a camera, man? In fact, yeah. I learned this at Thanksgiving this last year. I was talking about, yeah, I run a channel called Think Media. I review cameras and stuff. And then someone laughed at me and they weren't being rude. They were like, cameras? They were like, who even uses a camera anymore? <laughs> yeah. They're totally serious. I'm like yeah. cold staring at him like, me, bro. Thanks for nothing. Like, what are you talking about? But that shows the mentality of, I think, most people. Smartphones are so amazing now that your, your, your mom, your sister, your average person, why do they need to bring something else with them? Yeah. And so I think that uh, companies are definitely going to have to react to that. But then saying that, I think that the prosumer and pro level is not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so DSLRs, mirrorless cameras um, – at some point, uh, but I mean, shoot, technology is, you really don't have a, a, that good of a lens. I don't know what lens they're really going to be able to put into a camera. I mean, a smartphone because it's so small, but yeah. we just shot some photos the other day on an iPhone 10 portrait mode. Yeah, uh, up that, in it's Park amazing, City, Utah. yeah. It's, it's, it's insane, man. It's crazy. And so you're just yeah. like, dude, why would I bring and lug around my DSLR if I have that in my pocket? So I don't know if that's a good kind of answer, but it, there is that tension there. Um, I think that, that that pro market will maybe get smaller, but it won't go away. And there will still be plenty of a base. Pro photographers, engagement photographers, uh, as well as shooters and filmmakers will definitely keep using cameras for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, uh, going back to the part where you, you were talking about point and shoots not selling as much, because, uh, for example, me, I, I actually vlog with my smartphone. And I sometimes do use my camera, but it's a bit big and, and stuff to carry around. I just carry this around in my pocket and I take it out and I shoot a, a, a clip or something. And also cameras uh, in the smartphone are getting so good that, like, the iPhone ten can shoot 4K at 60. It's, it's like, insane that they could put such a, uh, like a, such a big quality camera in such a small package 100 percent. yeah i feel you and it's only going to yeah. get better yeah okay so we have a question from facebook marco zambanini uh he asks what has been the best camera you have used and what is your favorite camera and can you explain the specs of it please so for me um i we use a lot of different cameras mainly yeah. canon sony and that's some and, and actually some action cameras. The Yi is a, a company that I actually like affordable uh, action cameras. My go-to um, camera on the road is at this point though is actually a Canon um, 60 Mark II, as well as a Canon G7X Mark II. Yeah. So the two big things there that people usually criticize is neither of those cameras have 4K. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have an a 6,500. We're shooting a lot of think media videos in 4k, but it's been an interesting trend to watch Casey Neistat now vlogging with that same camera that I yeah. use. And, uh, Peter McKinnon's done a video on it. A couple other people. 
And and I think because at the end of the day, that's what, if I'm going to run and gun, if I'm walking around, I, I want that flip screen. So Canon 60 Mark II, you got a flip screen. You do yeah. have 1080p 60. Um, the Canon workflow, it's all that is the lightest DSLR, full frame DSLR, at least at the time of recording. It's also the only full frame DSLR with a flip flip screen, unless you know of another one. There pro- there could be like one or two, like maybe obscure. Yeah, yeah. But um, so you got that flip screen. So recently we did kind of a cool video uh, over the holidays, and that was the camera I was using. I love it. It works. You know, it doesn't overheat. Um, the color science is awesome. Uh, and I, I've used to Canon workflow. It also edits fast. It edits faster on the road. It exports faster. It uploads faster. And uh, we work with 4K and have no problem doing so. But but uh, I just love it. So that's um, that's the one camera. And full frame. Full frame is pretty unbeatable. I also have a yeah. GH5. We live stream off of it. But I'm in love with full frame. It looks different. You get more depth of field. Um, you get you know better low light performance. But it also has a different look and feel to it, and because mm-hmm. it, that's the camera I want to shoot photography with too. So uh, mm-hmm. I love. I'm more of a hobbyist photographer, but having a full frame DSLR, that is what is in my bag and what I take with me. And then the G7X is the great, great, great camera to support that. Again, yeah. time lapse mode on there. Uh, you, the great fast aperture. You do have 1080 60, and it's a good combo. And then they also really match both Canon. Um, but saying that at times we'll also be traveling. If we go shoot an event, the next one probably we'll should be shooting ClamorCon. We'll be bringing a, um, a, uh, Sony a seven R two because that's Omar's camera. He's on my team. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that's full frame, um, and 4k and awesome. And then support it with an a 6,500. It's nice to be able to shoot uh, slow motion 1080p. So, uh, 1080p at 120 frames a second. So it's different tools for different jobs. It depends on what you need. Yeah. And, and and I guess a great answer is if I'm going to run out the door and throw something in my bag, that's still why I bring Canon because my A6500, mm-hmm. no flip screen. Little, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, it's, yeah, I agree. It's, it's kind of the edges of it, harder to work with, even just the way it feels. I'm just not as much in love with it, but it does produce those videos. And that one overheats, by the way. That overheats on us all the time when we shoot 4K, even though we have a cage mm-hmm. that dissipates, uh, dissipates the heat. But we endure it because that video quality is – is really good. So, you know, best tool for the job. But I do like to say, obviously, camera question is very relevant. But at the end of the day, content is always more important yeah. than the camera. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. Uh, whatever camera you have, just get started, shoot with it, and then level up your gear as you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and we've got another question here, this time from Twitter, uh, from Jess Walsh. And she asks, any tips on growing a channel with the new like monetization changes? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm working on a training for that and um, just kind of to think, I I think I would try to do a 30-day challenge. I'm not sure when this video will go out, but regardless, you know, on the one hand, the changes are the changes and complaining about it, worrying about it, it's not going to change it. It it never is really worth investing our energy in things we can't control, Uh right? Because we can't control them, but there are things we can control, our own effort, our own hustle. So what I would say to Jess and anybody else is I would put a game plan together about uh, a content strategy, and here's what I would do. Number one, I would um, I would start looking for videos to rank in search. I would go to the YouTube search bar. I would start typing um, around topics of videos that you want to make. Look at the predictions that pop up, mm-hmm. and when you see those predictions, if you go there and you type in how to cook, 
it'll start finishing your sentence. It'll say how to yeah. cook a steak. So if you have a cooking channel, I would be making videos around those search terms because ranking videos are the best way to get not only some views, but to get some watch time because people are going to be yeah. discovering those, not your audience, but new people have the chance to discover your yeah. videos. Get those watch minutes to get you to 4,000 hours. So I would, I would be putting out some ranked videos and then I would try to say, how many can you do? Can you do two a week? What I would do is I would come up with, um, you know, maybe you go in, in sprints of two weeks at a time or maybe do a month at a time. If you're a vlogger, you can't really do this. But yeah. if you are kind of a how-to niche channel, I would um, do a shoot day and I would pre-plan your video ideas. And yeah, yeah. maybe – so it's a cooking channel, how to cook a steak, how to make – vegan guacamole maybe guacamole is vegan already uh how to whatever make like your video ideas shoot all four and then start dropping those suckers yeah and and hustling to get views on those the second thing i would do and then i would i would do that consistent if you want to do a 30-day push put out eight videos in a month yeah two a week and like strategic videos where you've done keyword research you found those strategic ideas we have additional training on that too that people can check out um Oh, I was going to mention one thing just before too. Kit.com forward slash Sean Cannell is where I break down the different gear setups that I use okay. and the reasons why. 4K yeah, home I'll, setup. I'll link, I'll, like, I'll link that below then. Yeah, show notes or whatever. So yeah, kit.com forward slash Sean Cannell. But do those rank videos. But the second thing I would do is I might try to go live a couple times a week. Yeah. And maybe advertise it or mm -hmm. at least once a week. Maybe advertise it as much as you can if you have an email list. Uh, put go in your community tab if you have it already. Maybe you don't. I don't know who gets that. I think maybe ten thousand. Do you have a community tab? I'm not sure. Uh, I don't think go so, in your no. community tab and advertise, or go in your social media and say I'm going to go live. Try to get as many people as you can yeah. there, and maybe do a Q and A or so, uh, Q and A or an hour long, or even like three hours long. Here's the thing yeah. too: you could actually take that video down, like just make it unlisted, don't delete it. Uh -huh. But yeah, that's usually people, what I do. There you go. And if 10 people hang out with you for, you know, play, do a gameplay, whatever, just get insane amounts of watch time. So yeah. uh, if 10 people watch an hour, you know, three hours each, I'm not very good at math. Is that 30 hours? That's 30 mm -hmm. hours towards your 4,000 with just 10 people if you did a three hour live stream. Now that's kind of yeah. gnarly, but to get it, like, think about the math. Yeah, like, yeah, reverse yeah. engineer yeah. the math. And so put out that, that'd be the main strategy, would be, Get those consistent but very strategic videos that can grow in search and get you views, but more importantly, those watch minutes and hours. And then do live streams to also get views and minutes and hours. And and do that consistently week after week and just pound it, man. Just yeah. bang out videos, yeah, yeah. crush it. And I think especially people who are maybe close, um, they could uh, they could get to that monetization goal that people want to get to of 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours. And the last thing I would do is some people actually have the time, but they don't have the subscribers. Mm -hmm. You know, get a little like nitty gritty and and tactical with it. You know, collaborate with other small YouTubers. Here's funny: I would never say sub for sub in the past. There, I would probably never mm -hmm. ever. I've never said that. It's never a good idea. Don't go on someone's yeah. channel and say sub to sub, sub for sub. But like with what's happening now, I think small creators could band together and sub yeah. for sub just to boost people to a thousand. It's not your it's not your long term strategy. It is yeah. a reaction to be strategic in the short term to go. I'm going to hustle all the way to a thousand, and I'm going to hustle my way to four thousand hours. That's what I would do. Yeah, yeah, because I have a couple of channels. I've got one which is so close, and I think if I did if I did do a couple of live streams, I would probably reach that 
uh, that minute goal. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So what are five tips you can give someone who wants to turn YouTube into their hobby? Well, their YouTube hobby into a full-time job. Great, great question. You know, I think, um, number one tip is figure out your base money first, how you're going to survive. I think the biggest thing, and I'm encountering this a lot with some young people I talk to and whatnot, is they want to go full time. Mm -hmm. And I just I talked to somebody recently during CES, and he's like he's like living with his parents and wants to like be this full time YouTuber and wants to be Jake Paul and all this other stuff, which is fine. Like, cool, man. Like, more power to you. But he's just like, I just don't know how I'm gonna have the time to do this. Um, I'm kind of in school. Okay, fair enough. And then he's like, and, and I barely work and I live at home and I'm like, time to do this, bro. I probably could find 10, 20, 30 hours that are available in your week if you really want this. And I don't know what you're doing, but like stop video games or stop whatever else, depending on, unless you're a gamer, then that's awesome. Like kind of grow a gaming channel. Uh, But like, and focus on your thing. But the other thing is like get a base of money. So tip number one is also like really don't even expect to make any money. And even if yeah. you make money, still consider it zero and reinvest it back in going yeah, further faster, definitely. a new camera, new gear, mm-hmm. new whatever. And so just to give an example, I mean, I worked at Red Robin uh, waiting tables. I was, I've actually been the buster. I've been the bird, bro. I don't know if you know what Red Robin is. It's a, a restaurant here in um, – Yeah, I, th- I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah, a burger place and they have a giant red mascot. I've been a buster, an expo, a host, a server – and I even was the bird once. I was a mascot. I went to this church. I was dancing around. I went to this baseball game. So, bro, I, you want to talk about losing your dignity. I mean, luckily, nobody could, you know, saw who I was. It's kind of fun, but it was really hot and sweaty and gross in there. Yeah, Probably yeah. like 100 yeah, other people sweat. Yeah. <laughs> but that's a good story because I was grinding while, you know, I had a day job, but I was working on my dream job. But I also was I realized, man, I can pay the bills when I started pay the bills through this source of income. I've got a base so I don't have to. The reason you want that base, too, is so you don't make bad decisions. If you're desperate for money, then it might compromise your content by going for the ask too early, by trying to, um, you know, monetize too early, if you will. Mm -hmm. Don't even worry about monetization. Build your influence first. And it gives you a base so you can say, I can work on my side hustle with integrity, with focus, and I'm in it for the long haul until one day I can go part-time and work a little bit more and then eventually full-time. So that would be definitely tip number one if someone who wants to turn their hobby into a full-time job is figure out your base, don't focus on money first, and then just do it as a side hustle until it becomes practical. And at some point, it might take a leap of faith. Even for me, it did. And we had a pretty good base, a couple hundred bucks a month on affiliate marketing, but nowhere near paying the bills yet. Uh, 16,000 subscribers is when I went full time. Yeah. I lost all my freelance clients in one month and I got some advice from a business mentor. I was like, should I try to get more clients or should I just go full time uh, and just go all in on my own stuff? He goes, go all in. I only had 16,000 subscribers, yeah. but then my total focus was on that. But I had 16,000 subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I wasn't yeah, at zero, like, should I go full time and see if this works? The proof of concept was there. Yeah. So then I just put in all the hustle and, and went to that next stage. I think um, the second tip is then when you're in that side hustle season, focus on 
highly leveraged content. So I'll bring up ranked videos again. What I learned when I discovered the power of ranking videos was here's what's not highly leveraged content. What I mean is leverage is leverage is like passive income. Leverage is like investing in real estate. You, you put the money in and then that money works for you when you're not working. So the same could be true on YouTube because YouTube's a search engine. What I realized was because I had all these other gigs and stuff, I couldn't even necessarily upload consistently, but I could put, I put out the best quality videos possible that were strategically around keyword searches. So even four years ago, one of my most popular video series, I do it annually, is best camera for YouTube. And if you type that into mm-hmm. YouTube, there I am. That's what a ranked video yeah, is. Yeah. Best camera for YouTube, there's Sean, ranked number one. That video gets like 100 views an hour. Years ago, I did best camera for YouTube. It might have been the only video I did that month, but it would get views daily, maybe yeah. 10 views a day or 100 views a day. And so mm-hmm. basically, you have a video working for you when you're not working. When you have minimal time and it's a side hustle, you want to do the actions that matter most. You don't have the luxury to do content that uh, doesn't necessarily work for you when you're not working. And by the way, that doesn't always work, but I would always try to rank videos. If I tried to rank 10 videos, I might rank five of them. The other five didn't do as good. They just plateau and you're like, all right, cool. But then five would keep working and that built momentum. So eventually I could jump off um, into uh, going full full time. So that would be number Mm -hmm. two is like focusing on leverage um, kind of uh, content, things like that's why YouTube's, I say, better than Facebook. If you want to crush on Facebook, you should be posting at least once a day up to five times yeah. a day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you want to crush on YouTube, you could post twice a month. They're really good videos and they could work for you uh-huh. because it's a search engine when you're not working. Yeah. So uh, the third thing is I would be I would say that now you're doing number one and two. You've been doing number one. You're starting. You're building your side hustle. You're focusing on leverage videos is I would focus on, you know, smart monetization, and for me in most channels, that's going to be affiliate marketing. Yeah. Affiliate marketing quickly explained. If you sign up for Amazon Associates, um, you get your own link and you could link to anything on Amazon. Yeah, so yeah. if you uh, have a, a, a cooking channel, again, you review a blender. Hey, in this video, I'm reviewing this Ninja blender. Or you don't even review it. You just do a tutorial on it. By the way, guys, if you want to check out this blender, there's a link in the description below. If yeah. someone clicks that link. You earn four to ten percent um, uh, income. Let's say it's a hundred dollars. You're gonna make four to ten dollars. And um, the other cool thing is, if they don't even buy the blender, but they just click, click the link, Amazon tracks yeah. them for twenty four hours. Mm-hmm. So anything they buy on Amazon, you'll earn money for. And so the way this is what's kind of funny too is people are freaking out about monetization. Dude, yeah. when I started YouTube, I didn't even think of YouTube ads. Like I was like, no, I considered them zero, even if we made ten dollars or 25 or when we made $35 and it took forever to make $35 in like one month, yeah. I was already making 100, 400, 800 with Amazon affiliate marketing. And when we quit our job and went full time, I was 16,000 subscribers, October, 2015. Mm-hmm. I was 20,000 subscribers, January 1st, 2016. And we were full time. By that time we were earning about five grand a month on Amazon affiliates. Well. So tons of hustle. One of the reasons why that was fourth quarter of um, 2016. So Christmas shopping, Black Friday, Cyber Monday. And when my freelance clients let me go, I was like, I'm grinding now, man. I started mm-hmm. work. I, I was posting videos, like sometimes two a day. I was, I was working 60 to 80 hours because I was a desperate little season. I needed to make that thing work. 
uh, or else try to get more freelance clients again. Yeah. So um, focus on that, and, and an inc- I think that's the most practical um, way to monetize for most channels to start generating a lot more than you could make uh, with um, uh, ads. And, and let me know if you have any questions on that too, on the smart monetization, because maybe there's other channels who don't work for affiliate marketing. Yeah. Um, I can't think if of not, it right I can. now. Okay, cool. All right, so now you've got uh, you're working on you've got your bills paid because you're putting in the work and you're working on your dream job while you got a mm-hmm. day job. You're uh, making smart leverage content that can grow for you as much. You've just figured out the 80-20 rule. You know, 20 per, usually 20% of your efforts will lead to 80% of the results, and 80% yeah. of your efforts only lead to an additional 20% of the, the results. If if you have not, if people listening haven't heard of that before, study it. You want to apply the 80-20 rule like crazy when you're in the side hustle season. So do that leverage, smart monetization. Now you're making some affiliate marketing. Um, and then I would say number four is if those th- – this is my journey too. If those three things are happening, once you figure out something that works, work it. So I my path and what I also help people with is ranking videos. But it doesn't work for everybody. If you're a vlogger, mm-hmm. what I would be saying is – um, it's a little harder to rank for terms because people aren't yeah, searching yeah. for a 15 minute video of your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I would say test and experiment. Um, and at this point, you've been putting out a lot of videos, you've got stuff happening. Now dive into your analytics, analyze, and maybe some people listening at this stage, what over the last year, what are your top 10 videos right there on your homepage of YouTube analytics? Yeah. Are your top 10 videos? What are your top 10 videos? That have gotten the most views. What are um, what's working? What's not working? And identify that. Because if you post t- ten videos, two probably crushed. Some did all right. Some were not as good. Figure out what the two are. This is the eighty twenty rule again. And then start yep. doing a lot more of that, mm-hmm. and keep doing more and more and more of that. So you know, it's test and experiment, but identify what's working. And that was for me when I kind of figured out my rhythm. Certain certain things I learned was I learned that um, this was a huge thing that helped Think Media break through. What most people did with product reviews is they titled their videos according to the product review. That's smart because they somebody is actually looking for the Ninja Blender, then they could find your video. Here's the yeah. thing though. A lot of people looking for stuff don't know what they're looking for yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's a powerful concept. Because yeah. they don't know what a Sony A6500 is. Dude, what are you even talking? They don't. Thus, a lot of people, especially early on in the game, they might have been talking about like G7X review. Dude, my neighbor does not know what a G7X is. You think mm-hmm. I'm talking, you know, gibberish or, you know, yeah. math or something. Yeah. So, but when I would do best camera for YouTube, you could say in your space, it's what are people searching right where they are. So I'm just giving an example of what worked for me. And I was like, okay, so I need to speak to, I'm helping people get into video. They don't know the terms yet. What do they know? What are they searching for? How are they wording it? And as I identified those, I created these lists of these video ideas. And sure enough, video after video, they would just stack and grow. And um, so that was one example of something that worked for me. Certain topics, you know, covering different things. People are very interested in cameras. Maybe they're less interested in mics or something. So you're like, all right, I need to do more about cameras. So identifying the hot things that are um, happening in your um, channel and then um, 
and doing more of that to to grow to get to that full time space. And then, dude, number five, I would just say you got to hustle, man. It's like you got to put in the work. And I know it's that's not really as much of a tactic, but anybody that legit, I mean, the privilege of getting to do what you love full time. It's the dream job. It's the number one job teenagers are saying they want. They either want to be yeah, a yeah. YouTuber or a social yeah. media influencer. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people want to do it. And so I think that I think people actually do know it takes a lot of work, but I still think they don't have an understanding of, of how much work it yeah. takes. So yeah. I would say I hope you love it. And if you love it, then it's not even going to feel like work because mm-hmm. – What's kind of cool is I'd wait tables at Red Robin, which I found I would enjoy. I mean, you have to make your work fun no matter what you do. Yeah. Hang out with people, love my coworkers. But what was cool is I'd get off work. I wasn't a burden to have to edit a video. Sometimes it is. You're tired. You're like, this is kind of a burden. You're like, I'm not feeling it today. But, uh, but like because I loved it and I love video editing and the process and creativity and shooting is is I just would put in – disproportionate amounts of hustle and 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 let's make it practical you know when people would get home on friday and and think that they should take a weekend as they should you probably should rest but i had a vision for going full time so i would work on friday and i'd get up and crush six hours of work before going on like a date with my wife on saturday um you know might sneak in some sessions on sunday night um and you know work your day job all day and and then hustle on it at night it's just a lot Mm -hmm. of work will go into it um and so and and here's two things i would hustle on i would hustle on um on your actual content like actually producing stuff but i would also hustle on your learning yeah both the two ditches i see people going in are one or the other i've seen some people i remember Mm -hmm. this one guy i was coaching on skype and he was like, he was daily, man. He was putting out a lot of content, but it wasn't working. He wasn't getting the views. Yeah. So you should you should say, okay, well, what do I need to pivot? What do I need to learn? What do I not know yet? What do I need to work on? If you're going all content and just putting so much work out but not getting results, you probably need to get more wisdom, more information, more strategies. Yeah. You need to pivot. Some people, though, all they're doing is listening to podcasts, watching webinars, watching YouTubers, reading mm-hmm. books, and doing nothing. So that's mm-hmm. – the other side, it, but it's it's not either or. It's both and. You want to put in hustle. So I'd be listening to podcasts, looking for tactics, buying courses, reading books. I didn't just want to execute with the best information I had. I wanted to continue to get the hey. best strategies, the best tax, tactics, the best insights, and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. And so hustle on those two things. And the last thing I'd say work on, put in the work, is we also just got to have an honest conversation about talent. And skill, a great book. I haven't read the book, but I listened to a podcast by Jeff Goins called Real Artists Don't Starve. Mm -hmm. That's his book. And it's about, he said, you know, as artists, he said, when you're starting, skill matters. But if you don't have the skill yet, and that's self-awareness, practice in public. If if, If anybody wants some, if they've watched my stuff before and watched what we're doing now, go to the Sean Cannell channel, go to the videos, put in order of, newest to oldest, you know, or oldest to newest. So yeah. You see the first video I ever posted on the, my Sean Cannell channel. Watch that and you're going to be like, dude, what the heck? Like that's not even yeah. the same person. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I practiced in public. That video is still public and the next one was mm-hmm. terrible too. And the next one, you know, low energy. It's actually hilarious videos. But yeah. I was same putting it out there. I was getting started. People need to be self-aware that like they may or may not, you know, I'm 
as far as video editing goes, dude, bro, I've been video – like I said, I started in 2003. Video, Adobe Premiere, which I still edit on, I started editing on in 2003. So yeah. I put in some serious work leveling up my skills. So I'd say, what are the skills you need to work on? This is not to dash someone's dream to go full-time, but you may be years away from getting there because yeah. you need to be a better communicator. Mm-hmm. But don't – be willing to just pay that price. Like, hey, be patient. Like if you work now and you're consistent and you have a focused vision, you can get better. And I would say, what are the skills I needed? Like so I, I bought CDs off of – and who even buys CDs? I bought this 12-CD communication course off eBay. And I listened to all 12 CDs, how to communicate better, how to storytell better. And I bought courses, you know, and I invested in my learning. So what kind of skills do you need to, to know? You know, be working on your network. You should be doing collabs. Think Media didn't really grow from collabs, but yeah. um, I've all, I'm always networking and definitely some things. So work on your skills. Work on your network. You know, work on yourself, <clears throat> like just your own confidence level. I didn't believe in myself back in 2010 like I do today. I probably didn't have the confidence to go full time because – why would I? You know, if you haven't done it yeah. yet, you haven't whatever, mm-hmm. you kind of have a lot of self-doubt. You got to know what issues you're dealing with, but are you fighting those? Like it's uh, my, my my confidence level's not that high. Well, then buy a book on confidence. Grow your confidence, you know, grow your communication skills. Work on uh those things, those types of disciplines so that um you can uh, grow over time. And so think media is blowing up now. Some people might be discovering it for the first time. Be like, yeah. dude, where'd this guy come from? He's an overnight success. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, overnight success, sure, but overnight success takes 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of ugly years, like a lot of mm-hmm. like bad videos, terrible videos, you know, but I learned so much in that phase. So that'd be the last thing I'd say is just be willing to put in the work and be patient. If you stay focused over the long haul, put out valuable content, level up your skills, you'll do great. And I think uh, people can make it. All right. Okay, thank you. Um, so, if people want to find you on social media, where can they find you? Would you like to like just say where to find you on Twitter and stuff? Absolutely, yeah. So, uh, definitely active on Twitter, Sean Cannell. That's S E A N C A N N E L L. I love Twitter. Answer questions and stuff there, and that's actually across the board. Instagram's the same, and then yeah, on YouTube, if you just type in Think Media, um, that's the best tips and tools for building your influence with online video. A lot of cameras, a lot of lighting, a lot of microphones, even computers. What's the gear? What are the tools you need to grow your influence? And then video influencers, if you just type that in uh, to the search bar on YouTube. Um, Video influencers is weekly interview show with uh, people that are crushing it with online video. And those are some of the things. We created that resource because my mission um, for our team here based in Vegas, we're on a mission to help 10,000 people create a full-time income doing what they love with online video. Mm-hmm. And we do that by, yeah, what are the tools? What are the best even live streaming and a microphone you can plug in your phone? All these tools that you need to create content. And then what are the tips? What are the strategies? And so Video Influencers is there. And this is the kind of things people can learn on. Watch that stuff, get the inspiration, get the information, but then create the content and then just keep going and keep evaluating and testing. And so uh, that's why we created those resources and that's um, what they are. All right. Thank you very much, Sean, for your time. 
And uh, thank you everyone for watching. If you want to, again, follow uh, Sean on social media, all the links will be in the description below. Uh, and if you want to follow me also on social media, the links will be in the description below for those as well. But anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you, Sean, again. Uh, and I'll catch you guys in my next video.